Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. And thank you for checking out the Christy Taylor Show here inside the Taylor Tilton Hour. Super excited to have you today. And to start off this amazing year, I needed to go to New York. Yes, I had to go. I had to do it, ladies and gentlemen. And because my first love is music, this is a perfect way to start 2022. And that's with an amazing musician. And we're talking about Carolee Rainey, singer-songwriter, hailing from New York City. Singer-songwriter Carolee Rainey has released The Wild Concert, a seven-song audio and video compilation of five brand-new original singles and two cover tunes that was filmed as a virtual concert during the pandemic in 2021. Now, Carolee's original hit single, Anchor, speaks to the human frailty we all sink into from time to time, whether it's our own vulnerability that we're facing or someone else we love who's also suffering. Now, the Wild Concert is also a satirical nod to doing something wild during a very oppressed pandemic when being free and wild is anything but free and wild. Now, Carolee, who recently opened for Five for Fighting in Hartford, captures your attention and uplifts audiences with her soulful and passionate music that speaks to audiences. Now, there's a deep-seated theme that gently runs through all of her songs, and that theme dives into the darkest realms of the human spirit, then subsequently in encourages us to hang in, hold on, and challenge fear as though we were our own knights in shining armor. I love that. Now, being able to tap into that strength that calls to us in those times when we have no one else to call upon, Carolee believes that it's that kind of strength that gives us our hopes and sustains our dreams. And thank you, Carolee Rainey, for being my first guest of 2022. And I'm excited. Oh, first of all, I love your stonework. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. Now, you're in upstate or in New York City. I know you're in New York. So are you hailing from New York City now? But with that type of um, decor, I can't imagine that being in the city. <laughs> no, you are, you are absolutely right. I am in New York State. Wow. So give me a little bit of information about you as Carolee Rainey, the person, and what made you fall in love with music. Well, okay. A long, long time ago, I was you know, really when I was a teenager, I was very involved in music and um, I played a lot of bars and hotels and cruise ships and I had a record deal and I went out west to California and lived there for a while. And then um, uh, through a series of events, I changed direction and um, just wanted to become a painter and I wanted to raise a family and I decided to not do music anymore. And I thought it was literally out of my life forever. And the extent of my music was just to sing uh, lullabies to my children. And then honestly, it was one of those miracle events that happened in my life uh, when I happened to get back into music and we sort of, you know, made up and now we're really the closest of friends. <laughs> I like the way that you explain your creative journey. Uh, first of all, you know, oftentimes when we're young and we have those aspirations, it's great that you actually pursued it, you know, had a career in it and then made a, another creative choice. And is that some of your artwork behind you? Cause you said you created, you dedicated yourself to a season of being an artist. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, these are a couple pieces that I did and, um, you know, it was, it was such a lovely thing to be able to do while I was raising young children, because, you know, when they woke up from nap time, I could be there, just put down the paintbrush and I could take them to their doctor's appointments and to their little, uh, you know, classes. And I always just wanted to be a real hands-on mom. That was incredibly important to me. And um, so being a painter and uh, allowed me that incredible freedom. You know, your inspiration to me, uh, as you say, the different chapters of our lives. And uh, tell me this. I see that I hear that motherhood is important to you. So um, during your mothering years, how many children did you end up having? Well, I had two humans and two furries. <laughs> I, like I had four kids. I love that. I love that. So um, are you originally from New York the, and then you went west and then you came back east? Is that how your storyline goes? Um, pretty much. I mean, my, my earliest years were uh, basically out of New Jersey and then um, grew up there and um, went out west to California, sort of did every parent's worst nightmare was kind of hop on a train with a suitcase and a guitar and said, see you later. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, a bunch of different things happened out there and it's, it's a miracle that I'm here to tell the story. Let's put it that Whoa. way. Uh, so, okay. Now your musical genre, it sounds like you were a little bit of, you know, rock is important to you, um, but kind of give me an understanding of your musical journey from a little girl and what fostered the style that you've, um, as you say, you've made uh, a good relationship with now in your second half. Yeah. Well, um, I would say that there were so many role models and mentors musically along my journey, along my way that just made such a deep impression. You know, sometimes, you know, when you have deep seated thoughts and feelings and you don't necessarily have a particular person to talk to, you live inside that song that you're listening to on the radio or on your record. And it, it, it has a place in your heart and it stays with you for years. So maybe you don't hear a song for a while and then a few years later you hear it and you remember exactly what you were eating, where you were, what you were smelling, who you were with. And it's incredible the legacy these songs leave to us. Yeah. What were some of those songs in your early life? Well, I have to say that um, in my earliest life, you know, my parents used to play a lot of Motown. And I was incredibly grateful for that because it felt so soulful. And um, I, we were not a family that grew up in the church. And to tell you the honest truth, I, was, I, I grew up feeling envious of people that went to church with big um, gospel choirs because I thought they were the be-all and the end-all of music and you know, I wanted to just memorize and live inside their voices. And I was always trying to figure out how did they get that note or how does it feel that deep? And I love, I just thought it was such an inspiration. Yeah. You know, I love the fact you say growing up Motown. And so that, of course, that kind of dates both of us a little bit. Um, and talking about that type of soul, 
Um, I know one particular one particular songwriter, because you're a singer and a songwriter, is Smokey Robinson. And we know the layers that he approached uh, when he was writing these hit songs, of course. Um, it, as a writer, what were some of the things that you yourself, like when you have to pin that song to evoke those emotions? Kind of give me your process on that. Do you mean like how I go about writing a song? Exactly. Your process. Mm -hmm. Well, it's really interesting, Christy. I mean, I, for the last couple of years, especially, it's almost like there was a ongoing waterfall in my Ooh. soul. And yeah. for some reason, that waterfall loves the 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. hour when you're fast asleep. And it goes, babe, you got to wake up because I have a tune. And if you don't write it down, you're not going to remember it. Well, a lot of times I would say to myself, what? You're here again? Like I'm stirring in bed and I'm thinking, oh, I'll remember that. That's a good tune. I'll remember that when I wake up. And of course I don't. And I yelled at myself enough times where I started putting my phone voice memo next to the bed and um, recording every word or every melody, no matter how awful it sounded. At three or four in the morning, I would just hum it, sing it, and then it would be there for me in the morning, and I could either continue the song or not. But I have found, you know, there are some people that can just write lyrics and some people that can just write music. And I wish, actually, that was my process, but my process, and also to write with other people. Yeah. But I, I'm so way out in the boonies where I am up here in New York State that I came to terms with the fact that I'm just going to write a lot of songs by myself for the time being until I welcome a whole new crowd of songwriters to join me, um, which is on its way. But um, yeah, I do the, the music and the lyrics at the same time. Mm -hmm. So do you play an instrument or is it because I'm a singer songwriter, too, from way back in the day. Music was my first love, as I said. Which wow. Is, and I I just hear the melody in my head and I just sing it. And like yourself, I had to record it and write down and pin the words. Um, but I could never. Well, I took a few little piano classes. But um, did you also incorporate instrumentation into your song crafting? Yeah, I, I play piano and guitar. Okay, so then you actually can um, fully develop the instrumentation side of it too, past the the melody in your head. Yeah. Well, it, you know what's really interesting is, you know, you're an artist, and I'm an artist, and it, it's all on emotion. For me, it's very mm -hmm. emotional. It's a lot more emotional than it is intellectual because intellectual, my head. If my head gets in the way of my heart, then I'm then I'm messed up. But, you know, I might be feeling, I might have a conversation with someone that really moves me deeply. And I might, um, it might make me hear a certain melody in my head, the way the conversation went. And so mm -hmm. I'll pick up the guitar or I'll sit at the piano and I'll have to find chords that, that fit in with the conversation I have, whether it's happy, mm -hmm. sad, deep um funny whatever it is and the melody must match you know the mood i'm in regarding what i'm about to say mm -hmm. you know i'm thinking you know for you to be in la with that type of headspace what you had to have been in la in the 80s and 90s 90s yeah mm -hmm. okay. 
Now, what was the strong musical style you were into in the 90s? Because, of course, music has changed so much in the last, as we've entered this new century. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what was your musical style uh, when you were in that professional stage of life? Um, what was my style? I would say that, you know, there were, I was always, always, always drawn to the singer songwriter, to yeah. the acoustic singer songwriter just was, it always seemed to be so raw. So someone like Mark Cohn, for example, yeah. okay. you know, walking into Memphis, True Companion, those songs just hit a core in my soul. And I could, uh, Jewel, you know, I thought, there's a young gal out of Alaska um, who wasn't afraid of having a certain um, presence to anyone. She was just authentically herself always Mm -hmm. living Mm -hmm. in her car, you know, doing this, doing that, singing this kind of a song about this kind of subject. And I was so drawn to that incredible vulnerability. And I wanted that person and do that with my life. Wow. I mean, you took me back, especially when you said Joel, because she was definitely, and of course, a lot of my, well, Alanis, she kind of, you know, Alanis, Marisette. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. And the, yeah, when you say a the lot new, and a lot of what I'm doing on my new album, um, producer said resembles a bunch of Alanis Morissette. Let's speak about the new album. Uh, <laughs> first of all, what is right this minute or the one I just went down to Nashville to? Oh, wait a minute, we're working on you. Okay, no, let's talk about the, the wild one. Let's talk the about wild concert, <laughs> the wild concert unplugged. Yeah, but speaking about you said that you know. I know the one that you're working on um, that we'll talk about soon, but if you're tracing, because you're basically doing a lot of reminiscent music because the singer-songwriter, there are some good singer-songwriters in this new crop of artists, um, but the ones that you just mentioned were quintessential um, in the way they approached the rawness. And I think that the storytelling was, was, was a deeper because a lot of people wasn't talking like that. I mean, of course you had your Bob Dylans and, you know, coming from that folk era and even the soul music, but the singer songwriter category or style really did deepen in the nineties and early two thousands, even Nora Jones. I think she was the most, if I would say the most pop of the singer songwriter, cause she had a much slick polish approach. Um, mm-hmm. But your, your latest album, the wild concert. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about that evolution in a pandemic. Absolutely. Sure. So did you find yourself as you're painting children are grown, <laughs> including your other two? Well, they're, they're not grown. They're still growing, but. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. So when did you start like transitioning then from your, your art to back into your music and how did the wild concert album come together well it's it's pretty wild i mean kids are still growing you know they're not grown and out yet but um i think it's really interesting christy i mean basically what happened was um i had an accident and i broke my leg 
and I was laying on the couch one day and I, it was at a time in my life where I was uh, doing some, I had some bad habits I wasn't exactly proud of and I was really full-time mothering and painting, but I remember this one moment. Do you ever have like a moment in your life where it's an epiphany and it, it somehow can change the course of everything forever? Well, this is what happened. I'm laying on the couch. I've got my broken leg like up on the back of the couch and I'm sitting there eating a package of, or let's say a big bag of Oreo cookies. And I thought to myself, I looked around the room and I thought, is this my last chapter? Is this the way it goes down? I mean, I, I wasn't painting. I hadn't painted in six months. Wow. And kids were growing older and I didn't know kind of like what I was going to do with my life. It was a very scary moment. I looked around and I'm like, if this is the last chapter, this is a really bad movie. Like there is something I have to do to change it up so that when someone reads this one day, they're going to go, wow, that's really inspiring. That's a very wow. good story. So, uh, Shortly thereafter, a friend of mine took me to a Ricky Lee Jones concert and uh, love her music so much. But she is, to me, is the quintessential songwriter, to be quite honest. She is painting. She's like Joni Mitchell. She's like yeah. painting yeah. and writing and, you know, glorious music all in one. It's kind of like, you know, she's a Michelin star restaurant inside of songwriting. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so uh, I, I had never seen her in concert. I, always, I knew her music very well, listened to her records and everything, but never saw her in a concert. So went to her concert. It was magic. I walked in and I was completely mesmerized by her musicians and her and her stories. And the way she sang her songs brought me back to the church days. And um, it was like someone just sprinkled fairy dust on me and said, girl, this is what you need to do. You need to go home and start writing songs again. So I, I went home and this time I didn't have my fear and I didn't have, I didn't have confidence, but I didn't have lack of confidence. Yeah. I just was going to do this no matter what happened was going to happen. Cause like my attitude was, well, what else am I doing? I'm not doing anything else. That's so fabulous. I want to do something that moves my heart and yes. my soul and makes me feel passionate because life is so precious. You have to use it passionately. And that was my new rule. So um, I literally started working 12 hours a day on writing songs. I sat down at the piano. I don't even know how to play piano. I don't know how to play the guitar. And I just put all the strings and notes together and just went deep down into the soul and just didn't come up for air. And it's now like, I think four and a half years later. Wow. So I like that revival, you know, the creative revival that you're expressing. And as women of a certain age, once you hit any age milestone, it really does cause you to do some soul reflection. And to have this conversation with you at the top of 2022, when people are setting intentions, um, considering their 22, 
their uh, year goals or resolutions, um, hopefully they're hearing you about the point of passion, of adding passion back to their lives. Um, I, I'm big on purpose, but make sure that in your ambition, that passion is, is a strong companion and, and interwoven in that, because at the end, we don't want to be empty. We don't want empty works. I, I mean, that just resonates with my soul. So four, four, so four years have happened. And in 2021, you start working on Wild Concert and you film it. Kind of tell me that process on this particular project. That was incredibly exciting. I realized, I mean, this was even before vaccine. So this was, um, yeah, at the end of last year. And I um, was dying to get out and perform. And I could So this is like the end of 2020 going into 2021. I understand. Okay. Uh, uh, wait, where are we now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So... <clears throat> But I, I thought to myself, uh, I had all these songs. I was writing all these songs and um, I didn't know, I didn't want to make a whole big album or no one could, like, so many people couldn't get to the studio. So many of my musician friends couldn't join me. So I went down to the studio for one afternoon and, and filmed this concert. And um, it was amazing. It was just, we did 10, we did 10 songs in an afternoon. I had it filmed and, you know, performed and um, seven songs made, made it out of the 10. And uh, that became the wild concert unplugged. Unplugged meaning because, because it was COVID, I couldn't have like musician friends join me and make it more like a real record. So we sort of went back to the MTV, MTV unplugged days. Mm -hmm. And this was sort of like my uh, 20, 21, 22 rendition of MTV Unplugged, except we're way much uh, further ahead into this new, new, you know, decade. Wow. So what are some of the songs that you have on there? I know there's some covers and then you have originals. Uh, let's talk about your song selection that made the record. Okay. Okay. Um, well, the two covers that I have is an itchier and tune called Happier. And um, he's really one of my favorite songwriters uh, today, currently. Um, he, he, I just, I love his, his songwriting style because he just brings you right into the story and, and has a way of saying things you wouldn't necessarily think of, but yet you know exactly what he means. Yeah. I love that. And um, so he had this song, Happier, and he does it his way. And it's always my um, goal, if possible, if I'm going to do a cover, to do it my way because... Um, I think that's, that's really important because no one can ever do it like the original artist. So right. I'm not even going to try, I'm not going to go there so that people can say, oh, she tried to do this cover, but it, you know, their cover was so much better. Well, obviously they're the original artist. So right. I just like to do it my own way. And then that way I'm off the hook of being compared, <laughs> hopefully. Right. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, I loved his vulnerability in that song because that's one of my favorite themes is the courage to be vulnerable in this life is how I believe we find our strength. Mm -hmm. And uh, I loved that for that reason, the song Happier and also Ricky Lee Jones' Lucky Guy because without Ricky Lee Jones, I don't know what I would be doing. Still probably eating Oreo cookies. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. In your, in your original songs, there's one particular hit that your 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 main single. Talk about that song and the essence of that song. Okay. Um, well, to be honest with, well, actually, it's it's called Anchor, mm -hmm. but um, I, from what I understand, uh, there's another song on there. Uh, forgive me for mentioning this. It's called Please Come Back to You, and somehow that song is really blowing up right now. Congratulations! And, thank you. And it, supposedly, it's it's actually becoming uh, much bigger than Anchor. But I, I I love both of those songs just because. Mm -hmm. Um you know, when I wrote them, it was almost like starting a new canvas. It was like, okay, I have a white canvas here. And uh, if I'm going to do a landscape, am I going to start with the clouds? Am I going to start with the trees? I didn't know. I just went with uh, what was on my mind and some people that I loved very dearly in my life and uh, how their issues in their life at that time were affecting me. And I wanted to share their journey mixed with how I felt and journey it out to the world and see if anyone could resonate with what I was writing about and singing about. Now, where can someone obtain a copy of the wild concert and is the actual film concert available for viewing online? Well, the way we did it was <clears throat> there are several um, singles mm -hmm. from the concert that you can see on YouTube. Like, um, you can watch Lucky Guy, um, a song called If I Saw You Again, which is an original, Anchor, which is an original, and um, uh, Happier on YouTube. Those okay. are singles uh, from the concert. And then the concert in full, <clears throat> you can absolutely get it on, you know, Amazon Music, um, iTunes for sure, and also Spotify. Congratulations. Finding your creative juices, uh, self-resurrection. I mean, I'm just so many words that I'm trying to pin from this journey that you've had in the last four years. Do you and know if I, if I just interject for one quick second, there's something I just really want to. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I, you know, you were saying earlier about, um, you know, you reach a certain point in life and then you start to reflect in this and that. But I would love to just, if you don't mind, I would love to just interject with that thought and just add that it actually has nothing to do with age or um, like where you are in life. I, I really deeply believe that at any age, it's an ageless philosophy that I have at any age or at any time in your life, I think it's really important to reflect and to... Um, ask yourself, am I living my most passionate life? Am I living my best life? You don't have to wait till a certain age to get there. You can be 15 and you can be 52. It, it, it absolutely, or 62 or 72 or 82 or 92. Yeah. But as long as you're here on this earth yeah. and you're able to be living, knock on wood, a somewhat healthy life, Yes. And I feel like we all have a responsibility to ourselves to live our best life. And that just has nothing to do with competing with other people. It has to do with about doing your personal best and living your best potential. And that is an ageless thing. And it has nothing to do with, oh, well, I had kids and I can do it now. No, 
Nope. You don't have to have had kids. You don't have to have had been married or in a relationship or anything. You can be a teenager and have the same epiphany and change the course of your life or stay on a certain course of your life. But I do believe very deeply that no matter how bad or, uh, you know, you know, feeling like you can't get up and do it or it will never come true. I, I do believe that everybody has the power to take that moment and transform it is we are all our own inner phoenixes and we can all transform those sort of self-doubting moments and change our lives forever to be our best personal self. Thank you. That was so beautiful, Carly. Oh, I needed that. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you. Ageless, ageless. Yeah. Oh ageless. Well, you know something, I know you're working on new music. You've been in Nashville, you came down south and all that. And if those who want to learn more about you to find out your next musical journey, I definitely want to invite them to follow you on your social media. She's on Twitter. She's on Facebook and Instagram. And of course you can check out her wild concert on YouTube, as well as on, you said, um, iTunes or Apple, Apple music as well. So thank you for being such a uh, creative, inspiring guest today. And I love what you have spoken to. And it's time for um, us as we move into this new year to definitely lead from that ageless passion. Um, that's very beautiful. Thank you. Thank it you so much. All right. And thank you all so much for checking out the Christy Taylor show. Up next is Tina Tilton's The Blend here inside the Taylor Tilton Hour. Be blessed.